Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. The work becomes a money thing, not a people thing. Here's where one of my slogans applies again. People before things. Always. If you do your best to take care of people, the things will always come. I think many professionals are tempted to do less than their best to do what they can get away with. For example, it's not too uncommon to see a loan officer quote rates and terms that are unrealistic. Why? The loan officer probably knows that it won't really happen, but to land the loan, they've offered glowing terms to impress the buyer. Or it may be tempting to buy lower quality foods to save a buck or two, or be understaffed to save on payroll. Nothing bugs me more than going to a restaurant where you want to be served and having to wait a long time just to get a refill. Seriously, you'll make so much more money giving exceptional service than that $12 an hour you're paying that server. But nothing is worse for a customer or consumer to eat crappy food or have to wait an extra 15 minutes to get a drink because your establishment is understaffed. I personally have left restaurants when I have to wait 15 minutes before somebody will offer me a glass of water. I mean, let's be real. I could have downed a glass of wine in 15 minutes, my hubby too, and that one drink alone would have covered the cost of that employee. Start thinking customer-centric. Loan officer Debbie Galvan tells a story of a borrower who, even though they liked and trusted her, they chose to go with the bank that told them what they wanted to hear. But when they signed, their payment was actually $200 higher because the lender had not properly calculated what the taxes were going to be. It was down to the wire, and they either signed or they lost the home. The person at the bank simply said, oh, well, that's not my job. That's the escrow company's job. So they ended up with a loan that was actually worse than what Debbie, who had calculated the taxes correctly, could have done for them. Today, they still refer friends to Debbie, knowing she is honest and trustworthy. By the way, Debbie invested in my coaching program and went from doing only six transactions from January to April. And after joining my coaching program, she goes 68 loans in the following eight months. I know she's going to be reading this and I want to give her a huge shout out and let her know how proud I am of trusting herself and also taking a leap of faith. Glenn Hoffman talks about an iffy practice in the insurance industry called holding the rate. Insurance rates are cyclical. They go up and they go down. When they go up, of course, you have to tell your clients the bad news that they need to pay more. But when they go down, some brokers will tell the insurance to hold the rate and revise the policy so the client still pays the same rate rather than giving them the savings to the client. Why do they do this? Because they don't want to explain to their client that the rate dropped. Plus, the broker's commission is based on that premium. Even though this practice isn't illegal, I believe when a client is eligible for a reduction because they've done a good job or the rates have gone down, they should get it. To me, all of the business owners and professionals we interviewed for this book have impeccable integrity and it's critical to success. Glenn knows one broker who thought that a particular procedure was covered under his client's policy. It turned out it was not covered. It was the broker's mistake. He told his client to send the bill to his office and he wrote a check for it himself. That's a guy that stands behind his work. I always want to be that kind of person. It's all about being on their team and truly having their best interests at heart. When you sit down with a client who is fixated on unrealistic expectations, you've got your work cut out for you. You need to show up armed and informative, and you need to be willing to walk away. I didn't get this when I first entered real estate, but now I'm not afraid to say, hey, as much as I want your business and know I'm the best person for this job, I'm not going to take your listing. I don't want to waste your time or mine, and I don't want to disappoint you. I know if I take your listing, I will disappoint you. I want to under-promise and over-deliver. 
In my coaching business, we won't take clients who we feel will not put in the work or who think that they're going to be successful overnight just by investing. We know that they've got not only to make an investment of money, but an investment of time and resources. Will you lose business? Maybe, but usually you gain respect. In another story, Tiffany Rose tells a story about her mom's boss who wanted a certain type of 1% loan on a house that Tiffany knew wasn't the best solution for her. The woman was upset with Tiffany and didn't understand why Tiffany didn't want her to do it. So the woman walked over to the bank down the street and got the loan she wanted. Are you looking to transform your business? Well, if the answer is yes, then you don't want to miss out on our intensive event starting soon for only $97. This event is jam-packed, full days of live coaching with me. We have breakout sessions to customize and implement our daily training so that you can actually utilize them into your business. We're gonna give you the training to craft your personal strategy to convert your leads into long-term clients. So let's go, what are you waiting for? Register now, can't wait to see you there, and let's transform your business. About one and a half years later, the bank foreclosed on the woman's new home. Tiffany felt bad for the woman, but at least she felt good about herself and that she had tried to steer her in the right direction. A friend of mine told me a story from when she was in her 20s. She had inherited a bunch of money and decided she wanted to buy a fixer-upper, renovate it, and sell it. She was pretty naive back then, but fortunately got hooked up with a very honest real estate agent who happened to be a single mom and fairly new to the business. My friend found a fixer-upper that she thought was perfect. She was all set to make an offer when her agent said, I couldn't sleep at night thinking about your buying this house. It could be a disaster for you. She pointed out all the problems with this house and how difficult it would be to fix. My friend took her advice and didn't take the offer. But you know what happened? She bought another fixer-upper through the same agent that was less of a challenge. As my friend became more experienced, she sold the first house and bought another. Then she sold that house and bought a duplex. She ended up buying and selling seven properties in just a few years through her agent. Because the agent had talked her out of the first home, my friend trusted her and became loyal to her. Trust in any business and profession is about being absolutely trustworthy. It's not about trying to gain someone's trust by looking them sincerely in the eye. It's doing what you need to do to serve your client's best interests, even if they don't agree with you. It's your fiduciary duty to educate and inform. Obviously, they hold the cards and can make whatever decisions they want, but it's your job to inform them, especially when you think they might be in harm's way. You also need to trust your gut and walk away when you need to. I can tell you that we have clients that have come into our coaching program who are totally negative. It always turns out that they're the ones that take up all of your time and energy. You give them all you have, and no matter what, it's never enough. I could actually step in and do all the work for them, and they still will not succeed because they are so skeptical. Rather than starting with, I believe in this program and I believe it will work for me, they start with, it's not going to work. They set out to prove it doesn't work. Talk about cutting your nose off to spite your face. I believe that you have to be open, not just to the possibility that something might work for you, but the probability that it's going to. When you go into things with this attitude, even if it doesn't turn out exactly as you planned, it turns out to your benefit. When you have a disbelieving attitude, you make all the worst happen for you. For example, a woman who joined my program was thinking about going through a divorce, and she was super, super negative. We had our mentor coaches helping her, and I would help her all the time. No matter what we did for her, after a couple of months, she said, I'm not sure I even want to be in the industry anymore, Krista. Then she took off her vacation for a month and came back saying, it's not working. I said, well, you were just on vacation for a month and you haven't been doing any of the work. But she argued, complaining about the program didn't work and that it sucked. Then she told me, I'm going to tell everyone this program doesn't work, Krista. And if they join it and ask, I'm going to tell them it does not work. I said, look, it works great for others. It doesn't work for you because you're not working it. 
Finally, I decided that she was so negative that I didn't want her in the program. She was wasting everyone's time. And we could prove she didn't do 80% of what she was supposed to. We gave her all her money back. She had every excuse in the book, from sick kids to vacations. Then, of all the things, when I tried to give her her money back, she said, oh my gosh, I'm going to sue you if you do that. I have a contract, blah, blah, blah. I said, look, you're saying you don't want this. You're saying you're unhappy. Now I'm giving your money back and you're telling me you're going to sue me because I'm giving you your money back. Honestly, she was a negative Nelly. I'm guessing nothing in her life worked for her, at least in her eyes. If I had given her Aladdin's lamp and all she had to do was actually rub it, she would have complained it was ugly and thrown it out. So don't let yourself get roped into impossible clients. Glenn Hoffman will fire clients who are abusive to him or his staff. Writer Heather Estee broke off with a client who insisted on using ethical and racial slurs in her book. She also won't work with someone who tries to take credit for other people's work. In a way, there's nothing new under the sun and all the ideas come from somewhere. But this woman was trying to claim credit for a specific process another person had developed. And I knew this was because the other person happened to be a former client of mine. You don't have to be desperate and work with clients that give you ulcers. Go for the clients that make you feel good about the work that you do. And don't be tempted to fudge a little bit, even if you see others do it in your industry. It is not necessary for your success. In fact, it comes back to you later to bite you in the butt. You simply do not need to work the system. As a community market leader, doing all the things a community market leader does, you'll have plenty of clients and make all the money you want. And you'll sleep well at night. To learn more about becoming a community market leader, visit kristamayshore.com.